That should be our prayer this morning going into 2015. To live that song down in our lives when we truly see the Holy Spirit moving our lives to be completely and allow Christ to complete in us. And what He wants to do is in our lives, in our church body, in this upcoming new year. And it's always great to start a new year, but it's always great to have the first Sunday, but we have to stay focused and continue to see God move. Not just one Sunday, but it's a lifestyle. You stand this morning when we preach on being obedient to the heavenly vision. And what greater way to start off? I, I believe if you're going to make it this year and go in the right direction to find God's purpose and His plan for your life, it's got to start with vision. You've got to allow God to still in the business of giving out vision. Amen? He can give vision to us, and, 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 but it's always going to be tied to His Word. If it's, if it's, if it's an idea, it's your idea, amen? But we need a God idea. And it comes a lot of times through His Word that God gives us vision. Uh, gives us a vision for whatever. He's giving me vision for ministry, and it starts this and it this, and ministry across the United States, even uh, worldwide ministry. It, it all started, though, with this. No matter how big the Lord's face, whatever it was, it all started with a business. And that's what God starts with. I love it when Paul talks about it here in Acts. In Acts chapter 26, Paul is being brought in front of Bethesda uh, King Agrippa. And he's being on trial for his faith. And he has to stand from these kings and, and these Sadducees and Pharisees and some of these Roman soldiers. He has to stand in front of them and defend him while he's preaching Jesus Christ. Why is he so? Why is he so passionate about the gospel? And they bring him in front of King Agrippa, and he stands there. And I love, and I'll read it in a minute. But in verse 19, he says, "I was obedient to the heavenly vision." And you say, "Well, what's so big about that?" But you've got to go back to Acts chapter nine, and you'll see the story where Paul was going down the road to Damascus to persecute some Christians, and all of a sudden, uh, a great light the Lord showed up running on that road and knocked him off his horse. Not only did it knock him off his horse, but it blinded the top of Paul. The other men that was around him on the horses, on the horses, or on the horses, that is weird. They on the horse, they can hear a, a, an object, they can hear, they could not hear the voice of what Paul was hearing. He said, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute down there? And, and that should be a great confident today that if you're being persecuted for your faith, just remember Jesus being persecuted then. We think that it's just us being persecuted or something said us, but Jesus Christ is the one being persecuted through our faith in Him. And so Paul has a great time here to, to explain the gospel and, and about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to read this. It says, While thus occupied, verse 12, it says, While thus occupied, I journeyed to Damascus in authority and commission from the chief priest. At midday, O King, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying, in the Hebrew or the Arabic language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goat. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. And I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both into the things that you have seen and other things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, 
people or I'm glad you can say for you. But what is God doing in your life today? What new thing is out in your face hundreds of years? You've got to turn alive. You've got to turn and spin with me. But right now, what is God going to do in your heart? What is he, what, what are things at night that are keeping you awake at night? What does God keep bringing back on your mind that you need to do and things you need to change? And it's not me saying this. This is the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying this to you when you're far away from these walls. When you're far away from these preaching and it's just you in your car on the bypass going to work. What is God speaking to you about? What is He putting in your heart that He wants you to do? You know why we don't get to see it in the past? Because most of us leave the call. We don't respond to it. I'm telling you, preachers need to get this. If they'll get a vision from God, they'll enjoy their preaching. Amen? And then their members will join the preaching. And all of a sudden, God's word is being glorified and, and the church is being lifted up. But, man, I have to be honest, some preachers are killing the church. Amen? I mean, if you don't, if the preacher came in and tried to saved and motivated for God's word, well, don't expect the Jews to be. Amen? You can put that in writing. If the leadership of the church is not excited about what God's doing, don't expect people just to come up and start a ministry without the leadership. Amen? And we need to be excited about what, that's what Paul was saying. He said, this is why I'm excited. This is why I'm passionate about preaching. He said, this, I think God knocked me off my horse on the nasty road, and I see Jesus Christ face to face. He said, he touched me, saved me, and he said, now he's giving his vision to be a, a, a minister to the Gentiles, to preach the gospel. He said, I was not obedient to the heavenly vision. That's why God's moving in my life, because I wasn't, I was obedient to what God did. See, if you got a vision, you'll be optimistic and not pessimistic. How many of you are running with pessimistic people? How many of y'all work with some? I would say live, but I'm not going to. Amen? Kind of like that story I read this week about the little boy. He came home with his report card and laying on the kitchen table. As he walked off to his room, his dad came by and picked up the report card and seen it, and it was all these mess. And his dad called him in there and came in there to the, to the kitchen and he said, Son, what do you have to say for yourself to help us talk? He said, Dad, he said, why would I be proud of you? He said, for one thing for sure, we both know I do you. Amen? See, we need to be optimistic even when the conditions are bad. This is what vision will do for you. Even when life is bad and things are happening, you still know that Jesus is in control. I don't care if you've got cancer. I don't care if you're going to surgery. I don't listen. I've got to learn as a leader of this church, I can't listen to every little negative voice that goes on. Amen? I can't. If I'm going to survive and be the pastor and the chef, I can't listen to every moan and whine that comes through. Everybody says, well, he's going to listen to me. There's a reason why. Amen? Oh, preacher, don't ever want to talk to me. Aren't you mad in your family? That's all you do is nag and nag and want to brag about what the church is doing who's going here. I don't like this in the church. And I, I think I'm going to tell them, go find you another one. If you don't like what's happening, 
held up your word. You got one with you. You got a sword. It's your sword. Oh, yes. This is what's going to help you do this. I got phones and I got eyes. That's okay. We got iPads. It's still God's word. Amen. I'm not against iPads. It hurts me. God is holy, whether he's in a church building, God's holy, whether he's in your living room, God's still holy, whether you're out on the town on Friday night, he's still a holy God. Amen? God's word is still holy if it's on the iPad. There's no problem with it. iPads is always to look up the word of God. Don't be texting Jesus. Amen? No problem with it. You know, you don't see no pain for yourself to try to be preaching. Amen. So it's the ability to see the Holy Spirit eliminates God's word by giving us a clear vision. If you're in God's word, study and read it, it's going to eliminate it in your spirit. It's to give you answers to the situation you're in, whether you've got a bad doctor's report. When you're down in the valley of on the mountain, God still the Holy Spirit illuminates. He don't just illuminate God's word in bad times. But the reason we hear in bad times is because we got big megaphone ears here in the bad times. Well, when things are going good, I can just zip on by here, God. I know, but I got the things that good, man. I got a lot of money, got more money than most. Oh, it's good. Man, my kids are happy. I think they got a hot smoking wine. Everything's going good. I mean, things are happening, things are going good. Thanks to God, yeah, I know God. You're trying to eliminate the truth, but I got you. But then things get bad. Well, the first thing we do, all of those things, I'm going to, no, we need to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want in this situation? I mean, I know things are bad, but eliminate, reveal your words in me right now when things are bad. But the reason you hear God speak back to you in this time is because you're listening. You're being still. Because you don't want to take another step because I done messed it up way too bad, baby. And I don't want to mess it up no more. I'm going to wait for God. He's going to wait for God. He's got to be. What's the problem with looking at the beast? Amen. To hear, because listen, we hear all kinds of voices in the world. On the job, the church, or home. Man, I hear voices in my head with me. Every one of y'all saints. Amen. We all got to touch it. I'll argue with myself. Do you? I will. I'll argue myself on that road. Turn that down. Next time you try, huh? Amen. But God gives us the ability to see the illumination of the Holy Spirit. He illuminates the Word. Look at first Corinthians. Listen, when we got a vision, we make good decisions, not only for the present moment, but these decisions are attached to three months, four months, eight months down the road, and they're all attached to the vision that God sets for us. Probably right now, beginning with two years. The decisions we make in starting today and the first month of this two years is more permanent where you're going to be with God at the end of so I, I make good decisions now, but I only make this one good decision to go to church on New Year's Day. The first Sunday. And then that's like CEO Christian. You know, it's more than it's talking about getting in and really understanding your 
When it's a God issue, not only does it give him burden in his heart, get a burden in his hand. Every people pop up in the church and I don't even need to see them work. You know, it's like, you know, I'm going to be here. That's it. God's going to give you the help you need if it's a God idea. He's going to send the people to make it happen. He has done that at this church. Amen. Remember, remember that Mary in the old building, the very first piece that we believe we used to take the Peter paper. Remember that the Peter paper? And we would take the little section of the Peter paper table. I mean, we had like two, I had a word, half a word here, and then put another word together. And we had a sign all the way across in the old building back there with the old wooden panel walls, a little bitty stage, there wasn't no wider than this section here. Actually, this was. Actually, this is about the size of the church. That's here. It's about right here. Amen. And it wasn't much longer than that. I remember preaching that old building, and there was one spot. And so I was like, Amen. And I'd go there and come back up. I just knew it was being annoying. Amen. I could feel myself go down and come up. But I remember us putting that on the wall and saying, Where there is no vision, the people will perish. Proverbs 29, that's the first thing we started out. But it's healed. God always wanted to bless Pleasant Hill. And He was that we were low in number and this man didn't have the talent. Like, it's all because we had lost our vision. And when you lose your vision, you lose the joy of salvation. Please, it's a whole lot better to have all y'all in here preaching to you than you can Amen? Here's Levi here. They've been going home probably for months. They've been going the same thing. It's a whole lot better when talent pops up, things are happening, people are excited, and things are going on. God's burning this person and that person and this person and that person. Everybody wants help. That's a great place to be in this church. Because everybody's a good one. And once it starts with Randy, it feeds off in the, I'm telling you, and God feeds off each one person and such another person and this person. Don't y'all want that this year for our church? I don't want just 20 people excited and the rest of y'all just happy to be here. Amen. Don't want everybody to get excited about what's going on, but you got to get all in one heart. And so, God gives us, we got to have faith to believe. And I love this verse in Matthew. I'm probably going to preach a few sermons off these verses in a few weeks, but I love this. Can we go back to tell us this? This is at the Jesus 75,000. He sits at the side of in the boat. They're out near the boat at 3 a.m. in the morning. He's going to come out and pray because the disciples wasn't getting it. He says, I've been there And then, there's been times I've preached all the people. I can preach my blue in the face, and that person is there to go to you. Yep. They won't repent their heart and heart, or they don't care. But I can preach my blue in the face and preach the truth of God's word. Jesus said, This is what my Bible says. I just said 5,000 and put a basket of bread, and they got 56 feet on them. You know, they still don't know who I am and why I'm here. I'm going to pray. You guys go for a vote. Amen. We went to the mountain to pray about 3 a.m. in the morning. Not just the mountain. We were going today. We're talking about a bad storm coming up. These guys are fishing in the boat. They know how to handle a boat. This was a 
bad people. I told you, they didn't probably never hide. And then, this is what we're going to do. As soon as they were trying to roll, they're trying to get everything right and go in the right direction. And all of a sudden, there's an image appears on the water now. Out in front of them, in the middle of this gutless wind, here comes an image. And, and, and I love what Peter does. Look, but he just, but the boat was there in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary and it was Now, in the fourth watch of the night, it's 3 a.m., Jesus went to them walking on the water. And if you, if, if you start to God to walk on water, hey, you can get all right. And then, we all don't get impressed all very much. You, let Levi take you up or Todd take you off on more call tomorrow and you get up in the middle of the lake over Brady and say, Fuck the boat, man. You'll appreciate the thought to get back into it. I guarantee you, you'll think. But Jesus comes to him walking on the water in just a minute. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It's gone. And they cried out in fear. They were scared. But immediately Jesus spoke to him saying, He is this here in his eyes, the Messiah, the Master, the Rabbi, Jesus. Don't be afraid. And Peter, then look what Peter does of all these people in the boat. Peter, I know this guy puts his foot in his mouth and all that he's going to sit up and say. Look what he says. Peter said to him, I love Peter. Peter's still especially smart about him. Lord, if it's you. See, here's what you got to always do when God's telling you not to step down on vision, you got to make sure it's God. God, is this you? He said, well, Lord, if it's really you sitting there in that water because it's foggy and I can't really see you, you know, I mean, I, I think it's in the beard. But if it's really you, come in and get out of the boat and come to you with Peter had a lot of faith in Jesus, man. He's going to tell you down your boat when you walk your boat. I should call him back to him. Amen? He's going to tell you what's going on the boat. And if it's going to take the vision this year to get down the boat, and be comfortable and happy where you're at, I'm just going to prove to this year, you're going to have to fight the devil all the way if you have to get there. Because he's got you right where he wants to. Peter went down out of the boat and he walked on the water. Did you imagine that? I could just imagine Peter. Jesus, that's you. Command me to come to you. James and John and Matthew and all those going, Peter, that's you. Come to it. It's cold. It's deep. We don't have life for it. Don't do it. I've done Jesus is 40 feet away and a few seconds at, 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 at uh, 23, 23 feet. You're going to drown. Don't do it. We got Christians like that. Every time God asks us to do something to get out, we get a pencil paper out. We got figure it out, make sure it's all going to mess out and work. God will provide. Put your pins down and step out on faith. And follow Jesus. I see the place to heal all the time. We don't ever have an awesome thing to have. Amen. How do we do the best we do? Man on the water. He's always taking care of me. He never got experience in the last four weeks. And you, you're going to put a, 
Then he knows he's torn up. He's going to put a new motor in the first truck, put new tires on it, put a new motor system. He didn't have a rock come through your life, brand new car that's going to make six payments and it's going to open the car. He had made six payments and a rock comes through there and it's five hundred some dollars. Then she's going to mind her own business and a deer runs into the door van. There's five hundred more dollars. And then your son's coming home two days before Christmas and he comes in and says, Dad! He's got my mother. Bring him through the fifth shit. He said, uh, for some reason it goes to two RPMs before four real fast. Ring! Ring! Here's this, you dog. I don't even have my flippers on. 